on the job with Francis Leach and Sally Rugg. Welcome to On The Job, the podcast, all about making your working life better. Francis Leach here. Sally's going to join us in interview in a moment. Don't worry, Sally is here. She's in Tasmania, but she's here. And we're going to talk about Tasmania. We're going to talk about finding friends in Tasmania for Sally. And we've found a great one for her too, but we'll get to that in a sec. Crazy week last week in Parliament, a lot going on. The calamity that was the government's religious discrimination bill, uh, all sorts of stuff about text messages still flying around. The extraordinary powerful, moving and inspiring Brittany Higgins and Grace Tame at the National Press Club. It was all happening. But one of the things that also happened, which was really, really important, was after years and years of hard campaigning by women and men of the Australian Union movement and uh, women around the country, the government finally, finally removed the $450 a month threshold for employers to play uh, pay superannuation. Now, this is really important because lots of people, particularly lots of women who are moving in and out of the work- workforce as they balance their family lives and their careers and their need to earn a living, often earn less than $450 per month at any particular employer at any one time, which means that for generations, these women have missed out on their superannuation, any superannuation being paid into their accounts. And with the power of compound interest, that makes a big bloody difference. Uh, every dollar counts, and, and women in this circumstance have not been getting that money. Well, that changed at the end of last week, the final sitting day of Parliament last week, and a huge congratulations to all who campaigned for that change over years and years and years, particularly within the union movement. That's why you should join a union, because it makes a hell of a difference and will improve the quality of life for working people. End sermon. Okay, let's get on with today. So Sally has moved to Tassie uh, for the next couple of months, just packed up her stuff and shot across the Tasman. Uh, and so we thought we better find us some mates. And I, the first person I thought of was the great Jessica Monday, who is the head of uh, Unions Tasmania. And Jess is a friend of the pod, a uh, big fan of the pod. And I thought, well, let's bring the two of them together and talk about life in Tassie, working life in Taz, and about just hanging out down south. Here we are, Francis, Sally and Jess. Sally, now that you've moved to Tasmania, look, we have to find you some new friends and we have to make sure you don't fall in with the wrong crowd, okay? Oh, that sounds a bit ominous. Who's the wrong crowd? I have so much to learn. (laughs) That's such an old-fashioned thing to say, isn't it? Always falling in with the wrong crowd. I'm going to approach the sort of the shifty looking youths down at the skate park. That's the wrong crowd, right? Exactly. You've profiled them beautifully. But though you have <laughs> moved to Tasmania, so we thought we'd introduce you to some quality people in Tas. And somebody who's a friend of the pod and we managed to get on the podcast for a long time is Jessica Monday, who is the Secretary of our Union's Tas. And Jessica is uh, in Hobart as well. So she is now uh, one of your neighbours and uh, she is joining us on the job today. Hey, Jessica, how are you going? 
I'm good though. I'm not sure, you know, I'm the right crowd. Like there's some people who would definitely say I'm the wrong crowd, but that might, <laughs> that might make us like well set up to be buddies. Yeah, well suited. Well, yeah. you're listening live, folks, to me and Jessica becoming friends. <laughs> so I should tell you to call me Jess then because okay, otherwise sure. I feel like I'm in trouble when people call me Jessica. You are though. That's why we've got you on here today. We've got to, <laughs> we've got to talk about something really serious. No, um, it's lovely to become friends. I suppose this is how you make friends as an adult. Like it can be quite tricky sometimes um, unless you host a podcast and then you can just befriend your guests. I think it's a great strategy. Oh, look, it's clever. Now, Jessica, how long, or Jess, how long have you been a Tas- Are you a native-born Taswegian? Has this Tassie always been home for you? Look, it's always been home, but technically I was born in Paddington in New South Wales, um, but apparently I came back when I was 10 days old in a washing basket. So, And I've lived here my whole life, so I, I don't think I can really claim to be from anywhere else. How very innovative of you at, at 10 days old to you know, sail the Tasman in a washing basket. Very impressed, friend. <laughs> I, look, I think my parents just put me on the plane. I don't know. It's, it, it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds like a very interesting story. But, you know, I've been here forever and I, I love it. Oh, fantastic. Well, I, I have been here for, what day is it? Like eight days and I love it too. It's so beautiful. The landscape is extraordinary. And basically I have been at home and at Bunnings and like at the supermarket and I, I don't really feel like I know much about the place yet. Um, but what we've brought you on today is to give us a bit of a snapshot of what working life is like down here on the island. Many of our listeners are from the mainland, obviously. So yeah, if there's any sort of significant differences or similarities, yeah, we'd love to hear it. Sure, I love talking about Tassie and work and unions. Perfect. So just on that, Jess, I mean, in terms of Tasmania, the, the perception on the mainland now is that it's a destination, whereas previously Tassie uh, maybe had uh, a net migration going on and young people would often leave to pursue careers or to look for different kind of jobs and if they weren't in specific industries might uh, leave and never come back. That seems to have flipped, at least that's the perception uh, on mainland Australia. What's the truth from, from your experience of what you're witnessing or feeling as someone who's lived there your entire life? Look, it's definitely changed in terms of where our jobs are and what and how Tassie markets itself to the rest of the country and the world. And I think, you know, attitudes about Tasmania from the past, from 20 or 30 years ago, um, would have been seen as very different to how, how we've seen today. And we absolutely, there has been a huge boom in tourism-related businesses and food and accommodation and really sort of marketing ourselves as this place to visit because it's great to live here. It's great. To, it's a great natural environment. You can um, experience lots of lovely food and lovely wine and all of that sort of stuff. And so I think we have grown up a lot. Um, we've been fortunate to have sort of a bit of a cultural revolution here in terms of our arts offering and, um, you know, having Mona and a range of festivals that, you know, to have a winter festival in the south like we have that's full of dark creative art and music, like we wouldn't have had that or anything like that. The place was dead 10 years ago um, at that time of year. And so it is, that's definitely a big part of how we appear to 
to others. There's still some pretty big challenges. I think lots of jobs and where jobs are and used to be um, has changed a lot um, over time. And I think the problem of young people leaving, like I, I think that probably happens in in lots of places, um, and that's okay. I think if you're going to travel and maybe study and learn other things, it's making people come back, and that's still, I think, a problem for us because I think that requires particularly, you know, leadership from government around jobs and availability of jobs and certainly wages and conditions, and we still lag behind the rest of the country on that front. Somewhere that I've noticed Tasmania is not lagging behind uh, the rest of the country and in, is in fact soaring ahead is on house prices as well. And this is something that is often on my mind um, as a young person with a family who is like desperate to <laughs> own a home that I can live in. And so when you're talking about young people sort of going away but then coming back to return, I can imagine that like with house prices soaring but real wages and conditions stagnating or declining, that, that's a huge issue too, right? Oh, look, I talk to my mainland friends about house prices in Tassie and they're like, oh, oh scoff, scoff, you know, it's not that bad. Um, but you would have seen, Sally, if you've you know, read local papers, even over the last week, it's like we're in crisis here, our living costs top the nation, you know, it's the most, Hobart I think was called the most unaffordable capital city to rent in, in that, you know, if you were... Um, you know, the average household renting would be considered to paying the median rent would consider to be in rental stress, which is, you know, using 30% of their income just to pay their rent. It's a massive problem compounded by a lack of investment by government in social housing. So, you know, that's a real a real problem for us. But also, you know, our house prices are soaring, which government does like lots of back padding. Yeah, it's great that, you know, the average house price in Hobart um, increased by like 30% last year. And I've got three young kids and I think, oh, my God, they're never going to be able to buy a house here. So... I don't know. It's, I don't just don't think it's a policy that you should be championing, especially or an outcome you should be championing, especially when, um, like you say, our wages in Tassie are actually the lowest in the country, and that's been an, an ongoing um, problem and something that Tasmanian unions have been really focused on because um, we need to start asking questions and pushing really hard and pushing back against the idea that our labour is worth less just because we live in Tassie. Can I just ask about that, Jess? How, what's the dynamic that has caused that? I mean, if you're doing comparable work on the mainland, why would you be being paid less because you're in Tasmania? Obviously, it's been an entrenched issue for you. What are some of the theories as to why that's the case? Yeah, look, I ponder this all the time and I'm in my late 30s, so I don't have, you know, years and years of perhaps workforce experience myself to understand, but I do understand, I guess, from Tasmania, we have a fair bit of intergenerational poverty in our state. Um, it's pretty significant. I think one in five Tasmanians or thereabouts are reliant on uh, some government assistance to live. So that's a problem. We have a problem with literacy and numeracy. Um, so therefore, you know, getting people skilled and um, educated to the level that we need. But also I think there are some other things that are less tangible, which is particularly when things were a bit tougher economically in decades gone by, this theory that you were sort of just lucky to have a job here. So any job was good enough. 
But also, again, that just that theory that, well, we're a bit geographically removed and you pay a penalty. So I've heard it called the Tassie tax or the lifestyle penalty or the Tassie trade-off, meaning that you come down here and you accept lower wages for the lifestyle. And it's pretty crappy theory that hasn't actually held people in good stead and actually contributes to the problems. Like I've got lots of friends um, who are nurses, for example, and we have the lowest paid nurses in the country and many of them are actively looking, um, or talked to one of my friends the other day, actively looking at working in another state because she can just get $10,000 more for doing her job in another state. So I think there's a raft of, of reasons but none of them hold up and none of them help us. Gosh, that is extraordinary, that that real wage gap there. I feel like there's been a general, well, I have had a general understanding that there is a bit of a, to put it, impolitely like a brain drain right like of people who perhaps get a bachelor's degree or higher sort of like qualify for some you know a job where you have a significant degree of tertiary training and then will leave the state in order to pursue um, or to find work in those areas but it sounds like it's not just those kinds of workers who are leaving I mean if if the nursing industry is in that state that people are traveling as well that's pretty dire Yeah, look, it is multifaceted and I think that's a a part of it. You know, I think we've got one uni here. It doesn't offer all, you know, every course under the sun. So that's been a, you know, bit of an impetus for people to leave. I also think too, when you look at the industries that are our biggest industries now, you can see that they are not high paid industries and many of them are, you know, part of an ongoing national debate about the value of their work. So, I think it was, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but manufacturing fell out of the top three industries, um, you know, employing industries in Tassie. And so now we've got um, healthcare and social assistance, you know, making up um, 30, maybe nearly 35,000 out of 250,000 jobs. And we all know the problems with aged care workers and their pay, which will not be fixed by a $400 bonus. Someone should tell Scott Morrison that, you know, and the disability sector. And then our next biggest one is retail and trade. And even though we've had this boom in, you know, tourism as a as one of our sort of bigger industries. I can tell you what, there are some high-end tourism owners who are making big money, but they are very small in comparison to the big number of casual workers in that sector who are not making big money at all. Jess, the, the island for a long time had a reputation as a primary industries producer and, you know, the, the home of fresh produce internationally was renowned for that. It's a very strong brand to carry. Is that still the, the primary industry uh, mentality still driving Tasmania's economy or has it become more sophisticated? Look, our economy is relatively broad base, but heavy in different heavy in different sectors. And I, I think a lot of the um, jobs that get um, or the industries that get attention uh, from Tasmania have often been, you know, food, primary production, that sort of thing, but also forestry, mining, other resource type, type jobs. Like I said, in reality, I think retail and um, education and health make up well over a third of all the jobs here. So yes, there's like in I think any economy, particularly our Australian economy, it should be broad based, right? We should be looking to have jobs in lots of places to give opportunities to protect us from shocks, all of that sort of stuff. But I think it's a bit of a you know misconception about where the jobs are because the other bit about Tassie is we have the oldest state in 
the well, out of all the states and territories, I think about 20% of Tasmanians are over 65. And so whilst having um, an older population brings with itself lots of opportunities, things we can you know learn and, and get from our older generation, it brings with itself challenges as well. And you see that, I think you really see that in our population and our jobs and where they are going to be. One of the most extraordinary things about Tasmania that I've observed in my week so far is just the natural beauty of it all. Like the landscapes are just extraordinary and I don't want to start reciting poetry, but like the air is so fresh and crisp and there's like greens that I feel like I haven't seen in such a long time in locked down suburban Melbourne. Like it's really extraordinary. And it got me thinking about how, particularly with all the greenery and the trees around the place. So like my, the very first protest that I have a really clear memory of going to as a child um, was protesting against Bunnings, which is like incomprehensible to me now as a lesbian who like could become the Bunnings ambassador if they would just buck up and ask me. Um, But they were um, logging old growth forests down in Tasmania and it was this huge um, environmental protest. Um, And I think for a lot of people who are in sort of our spheres of interest, I suppose, would think about Tasmania and think about a history of um, really incredible environmental protests and actions and, you know, efforts to protect this beautiful landscape. And is there much of that environmental efforts to protect the land and the water um, coming up against industries like logging or, or other industries at the moment? Yeah, look, it's, I mean, firstly, how good is our water too, by the way? It's the best water. Any time I go to any other state and I drink it, I'm like, this is not Tassie water. Um, so there is, it is like totally beautiful. And I could talk about how beautiful it is for ages. And I think Tasmanians have got like a really long and proud history and passion around the environment. And I think we've always valued it. Um, and so it has been, you know, a flashpoint for dispute and uh, around um, jobs versus development versus the environment. And I don't think that's particularly different today. So I remember big protests about uh, the pulp mill that was proposed to to be built in the northwest of Tassie. I sort of remember that as a really big thing. And, you know, we had this whole what was known as the Forest Wars uh, because it was just, uh, you know, such an ongoing battle. And I think the thing that I lament about that style of, you know, how that happens sometimes is that the politics become really polarising and not really helpful to workers or those who care about the environment and the fact that we sort of get divvied up as people who either care about the environment or care about the jobs. And I, I don't think that's the case here. I think there are, particularly in Tassie, I think there are a lot of unionists who would call themselves environmentalists too. I'm one of them. I care deeply about the environment here. And I don't think it has to be, you know, a question about whether you care about the environment or, or you care about workers and jobs. I think you can do both. But I think politicians of all stripes have exploited that for, you know, political means 
to the detriment of workers and to the detriment of the environment at times. So it is a vex one for us. It's one we, you know, continue to grapple with and like, you know, the the current government here has tried to invoke these like radical anti-protest laws, I think two or three times once the uh, they've been taken to the High Court and knocked back and they keep chucking them up in the parliament. Um, and it's not because we need them. There are plenty of laws around, you know, unsafe protest, um, you know, in, in industries, but it's because they, I think, want to bring back up that political sort of, you know, warfare so that they can say, we're the ones that care about jobs and you guys are the ones that not, whereas it's not that simple at all. So we could do a whole nother pod on environmental politics and, you know, jobs in and Tassie and how, how that's played out. Jess, just to finish, we've got an election coming up and Tasmania is crucial to the outcome of this election. There's a couple of seats that uh, everyone will have their eyes on, particularly in uh, Tassie's North, Bass and Braddon. Uh, what are going to be the issues that are going to resonate most for Tasmanians, do you think, in the upcoming federal election? We're probably not that different in that respect to lots of other other people in that cost of living is is huge um you know we've just seen record increase, increases in you know fuel and housing and groceries so i think that's going to be a really big issue i think you know people are going to be looking for um who's going to help them with those issues and i guess the way that governments do that in large parties through job creation and industries, you know, support and that sort of thing. And I, again, like the rest of the country, I think the shadow of COVID is going to, and, and the government's handling or mishandling of that is going to um, be a big factor because, you know, for nearly two years, Tassie felt relatively safe from COVID. You know, we had a, a sort of a, a moat, I think <laughs> we called it, around the state and, um lived relatively um, safely and were made some pretty grand promises in reopening about how we were going to be cared for, you know, in terms of testing availability and rapid tests and support. And um, that really fell away really quickly. And there's a real sense of um, unease and we are experiencing our own form of, you know, economic retreat as lots of uh, states are, as people stay home and and look to stay safe. So, um, I generally think that people um, care in elections about things that make a real difference to their lives. And so it's always, you know, how how can I keep supporting my family? How can I put a roof over my head? So cost of living and jobs, um, big ones. But I, I think COVID will really influence um, how people vote this time too. And just to finish, just to help Sally out, when she's in Hobart, does she ask for a Bogues or a Cascade? Oh, look, when she's in Hobart, that's really easy. I've got this thing too because I'm a I'm a southerner, so I've got I totally get the border to the north, and I and I love to play a little bit of um, you know parochialism. So I would say a cascade, but I hope that our members working at Bogues don't listen to me and say, "Jess, that's terrible, that's really wrong," because uh, we have a really great bunch of members that work at Bogues. But I would be buying a cascade. Just Do you know I think. actually drink both? I drink both those beers up on the mainland fairly often. I love the light. The light beer for Cascade, and I, I think the Bogues Lager is like so smooth. Anyway, we could we'll talk about beers when we go grab a pint. Correct. Yes, yeah, <laughs> no, we, we should, and they're both. I should for the avoidance of doubt, they are both good beers, uh, and you could enjoy either of them on a beautiful day like today or any day really. Gives <laughs> you an excuse to have two, one of each. Exactly. exactly. Jess Monday, it's so good to speak to you. It's great to have you on the pod, um, and we'll do it again soon. And thank you for being on the job. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jess. This is On The Job with Francis Leach and Sally Rudd.
That's right. When Sally met Tasmania, <laughs> Sally there, Sally Rugg and uh, Jessica Monday from Unions Taz with us on the pod this week talking about life in Tasmania for working people. A couple of crucial seats coming up in the forthcoming federal election, Bass and Braddon. Uh, they will be, as they say, yes, uh, election cliche, ahoy, bellwether seats. Um, and uh, the workers in those seats will determine the future direction of the country. No pressure, Tasmania. That's it for this week's edition of the pod. Have a fantastic week ahead. Don't forget to give us a rating on uh, whatever platform you're listening on. We really appreciate those. Uh, follow me at St. Frankly on Twitter and you can follow Sally Rugg at Sally Rugg on uh, the socials as well. And we'll catch you next week on the job. Listener.